do snap counts from week 10 tell a bigger story for the Cardinals moving forward? Let's discuss. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. To here, follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Please go to the YouTube channel. Search Locked On Arizona Cardinals. Hit that subscribe button. Turn notifications on. You know me. This episode of Locked On Cardinals is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat that treat fifty plus infections. Get yours today at JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical. Dot com still glowing from the week 10 win and still understanding what it is that we're glowing about or that what I'm glowing about. I'm not going to speak for you. You're an adult. You're an everyday or you're smart. But the lingering effects of what we witnessed at State Farm Stadium two days ago is something that the Valley Cardinals fans, media members like me have been yearning for for 11 months, probably even longer than that. The last memory I have of feeling the way that I felt two days ago was week two of last year when Kyler Murray put this team on his back in Vegas and had a miraculous comeback that ended up in a scoop and score by Byron Murphy to win the game in overtime. And just like two days ago, the flashball memory from that game itself was Kyler Murray scrambling around for a two-point conversion to tie the game. And it, it, it's something that, you know, it's hard to quantify it's hard to quantify when most human beings on the planet are put in a position like that, they fail. When Kyler Murray is put in a position like that, many times he fails or, you know, you know, comes sh- falls short of executing what he wants to ran for 68 yards on that play in total, even though it was a 13-yard gain for a first down. It's just hard to kind of fathom, like, how do you game plan for that? And that, that is the Kyler Murray effect. Is it perfect? Of course not. How many NFL quarterbacks could do what he did on that play to extend the drive and put the Cardinals in a position to win? Sure, it was third down. They probably could have converted on fourth. But in the fantastical way that that third and 10 was executed, how many NFL quarterbacks of the 32 starters could do that? One, two, three. And that's what makes Kyler Murray special. On top of him being an above average quarterback, just in a vacuum. Just wanted to do a little 
reset. Moving forward, week 11, it's Houston. It's on the road. So many storylines, so many tributaries, so many. How the hell did we get here and why are we here the way that we are? This wasn't what was expected in many senses through 10 weeks, probably for both teams. One of which is starting to come to fruition from the Cardinal side. I teased, do week 10 snap counts tell a bigger story for the future of this team? And there are a couple names that I'm going to discuss. James Conner, I'm going to save till the next segment. He deserves seven, eight minutes because there are many, many things. And I've, you know, I've, I've peppered it in about James Conner in the future with this team, what it should look like, what it will probably look like, what the money looks like, things like that. Deserves a segment, and then I'll do Tankathon Tuesday. Uh, if you haven't been a part of a Tuesday show so far, first of all, welcome. And second of all, Tankathon Tuesday is not hoping the Cardinals will tank. It just gives the big picture through 10 weeks on, you know, where the Cardinals sit and, you know, and where the Texans sit and teams around them and how the Cardinals can kind of pivot uh, one way or another, bettering their draft capital or weakening it. Uh, as we go through through week 18 of the 2023 season. Snap counts here, okay? These are fascinating to me. Um, I will talk about the running back room in a minute, you know, in the next segment. Uh, a wide receiver room, not a whole lot. You know, you have the three-headed monster, Mar- Marquise Brown, Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore. Trey McBride played his highest percentage of snaps all season. I think that's pretty obvious that this is going to be the Trey McBride show from the tight end position moving forward, barring any sort of random unforeseen events, injury, things like that, nothing of which you hope to happen. The defensive tackle position, uh, John Ledbetter and Kevin Strong both got injured, which is going to thrust Dante Stills, you'd think, into a higher snap percentage, played 58% of the snaps, second most all season. Um, but then the defensive end. Defensive end and corner, are the two biggest ones for me that I need to discuss for future pacing conversations. Zabin Collins played his lowest percentage of snaps since week four. And BJ Ojolari played his highest percentage of snaps since coming into the NFL by a long shot. The highest percentage up until this point was in week eight when he played 38%, played 52% of the snaps yesterday. We're going to, you know, we're in a position where we may need at the end of the season, because there are free passes, new defense, a new position for this player. We're going to start to have conversations about Zayvon Collins. Um, It ain't working. And while he's had some flash plays, had a couple sacks, a couple turnovers uh, early on in the season, I believe it was either week one or week two. He had an interception and a fumble recovery, a forced fumble in, uh, in the same week. I, I, I don't know what this means for him for the future. He was drafted to play a position that was not natural for him. He then has gotten moved to play defensive end, outside line, but, you know, depending on the actual scheme itself on, the, on a given play. He hasn't taken that step, just like Isaiah Simmons, didn't take that step. So we could be looking at moving off. Watching the Cardinals move off Isaiah Simmons this offseason, I I don't really know. I mean, he's really going to have to show that he'll fit in this Jonathan Gannon system. And there, 
Isaiah uh, Collins is the perfect example. Isaiah Simmons is the perfect example of if it's, you know, a, a GM and head coach didn't draft him, not my guy, the not my guy syndrome or scenario is directly correlated at guys who are 50-50. Not my guy scenario is never for pro bowlers. You're never moving off a pro bowler just because you didn't draft them. But Isaiah Simmons, they cut ties. Zayvon Collins may be, you know, next in line. And it's just going to be another undoing of what Steve Kime did. Uh, so that's something that needs to be monitored. B.J. Ojolari had eight tackles, two sacks. Uh, the Cardinals, like, I, in all of my mock drafts, 99% of my mock drafts going into the draft last season, or going to this draft, if I could speak properly, I had B.J. Ojolari going at 34 overall. LSU, edge, perfect for the Cardinals. He's an everything guy. He wears number 18. Number 18 at LSU, Caroline Fenton from Lockdown LSU joined me right after they drafted him and told me what number 18 was for LSU because I had no idea. It's the everything guy. On the field, off the field, plays all the positions. Everybody's a leader. Everybody loves him. He's like the most popular in high school, but for all the right reasons. And B.J. Ojolari, since becoming healthy, you know, week six, week seven, week eight, is really starting to ramp up. And we're starting to see, like, the first couple weeks, he looked very slow. And I was like, oh, boy, does he have the giddy up off the edge to be able to make an impact at this level? And we're starting to really see. Now, the second one is, you know what? I'm going to pause there. I'm going to talk about that in the next segment because I need to hit a break here. Um, This one is the most eye-opening to me. And I will discuss that next and then pivot into the running back room and what that means for the future of James Conner. I will discuss all that. It's Locked on Cardinals. I'm Alex Clancy. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. The cornerback room, the running back room, what the snap counts from week 10 mean for the future. I will discuss it next. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by Chase Medical. Jace Medical. Here's the thing. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses. Who starts, who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year subscription or one-year supply of ED medications. You, you realize what that means. Bring an extended travel bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue, you're covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your, you know, generics for Cialis, Viagra, or whatever. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about us, or had to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered in most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotics kit. I, I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for 20 bucks off your purchase. Are snap counts telling the story? 
are we starting to see the movement to a youth revolution in Arizona? Alex Lancey locked on Cardinals. Um, please go to the YouTube channel. The post-game show is up. I post it Sunday afternoon or, you know, Sunday mid-afternoon or Sunday early evening, depending on where you live, depending on when the Cardinals play. That counts as the Monday podcast. It rolls over. And then here we are on Tuesday. Our snap count starting to tell the story. And the most important, so Zayvon Collins, we're going to have to have conversations about Zayvon Collins at some point. So linebacker, Kazir White has played every snap this year. He's been the metronome in the middle of the defense. He's not been perfect, but put it this way. Picture this. More cornerback talent. More defensive line talent. Better OLB talent. And you have him as the brain in the middle of the defense. Be pretty scary for opposing offenses. The cornerback room. Marco Wilson played the fewest snaps percentage-wise that he's played this season so far. Gary Williams has played by far the highest percentage of snaps that he's played this season. Most he played was 55% of the snaps in week 10, 73% this past Sunday. There's a couple ways, there's a couple things you, you can look at this through, a couple, couple different lenses. And this is not, a slight or a questioning of motives for the rest of the season for the Cardinals coaching staff and Monty Austin for You could look at this one of two ways. One, they want to see where their talent is and they're just going to plug people in. Maybe some guys who shouldn't be playing the amount of snaps that they're playing are playing those snaps to get the experience necessary for Monty Osborne and Jonathan Gannon to gauge who's going to be a part of this team and in what position moving forward, or Garrett Williams is already the better best corner on the Arizona Cardinals. And sure, depending on what defensive formation they're playing down in distance, things like that obviously come into account, but this was a massive rise in snaps by Garrett Williams in his fourth game in the NFL. And Marco Wilson took the biggest dip that he's taken since the start of the season. Marco Wilson gave up on a bobbled ball that ended up being a completion. Um, Marco Wilson is not, he's not doing the best job for him in the future of this team in 2023. Now, not all of it is, is his fault because this locker room, this cornerback room is devoid of talent pretty much at an average level. But Gary Williams has come in and he's shown that he's probably the best corner on the team already through four games. So that should tell you what a three-year veteran in Antonio Hamilton and Marco Wilson should kind of show you where the talent level was when the season started. So while, sure, some of what they're doing with Garrett Williams is let's see what the kids got early on, maybe giving him a little bit more run, but also maybe he's the best corner on the team already. And another kudos, if that's the case, to Monty Williams. Monty Williams. Monty Ossifor. This is, once again, a lot of the things that I've discussed this offseason through preseason and even to now are in the abstract. I've acknowledged that. 
it's not all X's and O's right now. A lot of it is theory-based. And when the Cardinals' defense played pretty well yesterday on Sunday, they played pretty well. And taking pretty well for 60 minutes is a lot better than playing perfectly for 30 minutes and then playing like a relegated, you know, USFL team in the second half. You, you'd like pretty good throughout. And that's what the Cardinals were on defense this past Sunday, regardless of who the opponent is. But the cornerback room fascinates me. The D end slash edge fascinates me. Because those are the last two Steve Kimey positions that can, can be completely overhauled in one offseason. If they move off from Zayvon Collins, I don't think anybody's going to miss him at this point, which is unfortunate. Unless they can find a spot for him to where he can really thrive. Seems like another miss in this system, in this organization. At least they can go get a fresh start. I don't think this is going to be a an Hassan Reddick situation. That was in the, the doldrums of what the hell are we doing here, guys, with Hassan Reddick. And then it was obvious. He went to Carolina, had 10 plus sacks, and then just got, got all the cheese in all the land when he went to Philly. And well-deserved. And he's been one of the best pass rushers in football since. This isn't that. James Conner played 63% of the snaps. And then the other two with Keontae Ingram and uh, Tony Jones played 33% of the snaps. Okay. And yeah, they're running backs not on the field at the time. So they played 63%, 33%. So let's say two-thirds for James Conner, just to make it easy. This is the conversation that I've had for a couple of years now that needs to be less. And it can't be less this year because they don't have the talent necessary to get him off the field. James Conner is, has been the most valuable offensive skill position player, not named Kyler Murray since he's come over from Pittsburgh. And if you want to have that last, he's got to be on the field 50% of the snaps. Now game flow where they are on the field, obviously things are going to fluctuate. 55 percent 65% is too much. And this season, it's an unfair ask because they need, I mean, they, they need it, but like this is a cry for help for another back. And I thought about a guy like, and did not him specifically. Okay. Maybe a bad example. It, it is a bad example, but this is the name that I thought when I was watching football yesterday. It's like if you're not going to draft a guy in the second round, because there's a bunch of backs coming out, a bunch of backs. Jonathan Brooks enforcing Torrey's ACL with Texas. Blake Corum's good. Like, they've got guys. There are running backs that are coming out. If you want to draft one with one of your three picks in the third round, if you want to package two of those three picks and move back up into the second round and draft a back, whatever money Osford wants to do. Or if you want to bring in a veteran, like the name that I thought of, and don't cringe, was Dalvin Cook. A guy like that, where it's like, okay, one year, three mil, and you, he, and James Conner could split duties at a high-ish level. Or you just got to draft a running back that's going to produce. And, and a guy that's going to take 65% of the workload. That's going to be good enough to do that. And they're going to draft an offensive lineman. They're probably going to bring in a left guard. Like, the offensive line is going to be better. So it's going to be a better ecosystem for a young back to thrive in. 
And we'll see if Amari DiMarcado comes back. We'll see what they do with James Conner towards the tail end of this season. If they just want to put him in bubble wrap and put him on the sidelines. I'm not sure what his elevators are. I'm not sure what his incentives are in his contract. I don't know. But the snap counts may have started to tell a little bit clearer of a story for where Jonathan Gannon and Monty Oswald see the future of this organization going. It ain't with a whole lot of guys that Steve Kahn brought in. Tankathon Tuesday. What does it mean? What does it mean through 10 weeks? And I'm going to ask you to remove something from your brain. It'll add clarity. It'll make less stressful days on Sunday when the Cardinals aren't watching. I'll discuss it as we roll on here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Cardinals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Cardinals is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel. I love FanDuel. The NFL, we're, we're in week 11, okay? If you haven't signed up with America's number one sports book, you've only got, you know, eight weeks to go. 11, 12, 34, eight weeks to go. I, yeah, eight weeks. You count 11 and 18. You want to say seven because 18 minus 11, eight weeks. Anyways, right now, new customers sign, get up to get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Still kind of like the Sunday win felt good. And it's not because they got a win with Kyler Murray back. It's how they won. They were resilient. It wasn't like they were down 23-0 and they came back and scored 25 unanswered. They had trouble getting the ball in the end zone. Matt Prater, the unsung hero, uh, kicked 250-plus yarders. Old faithful back there. Um, Just felt good. Feel good to get a dub with Kyler Murray at quarterback because it means you're growing towards something. Joshua Dobbs, what he did here was great. Good for him for going 2-0 with Minnesota. But any win that Joshua Dobbs would give the Cardinals seems like a step away from draft from a higher draft pick. But when it's Kyler Murray, it's like, all right, this is the future ride with Kyler Murray. You're supposed to win more games than you lose, so may as well just start now. With that, the Arizona Cardinals – right now, are slated to pick fourth, okay? And the Houston Texans, those son of a guns, if the season ends today, would have a wild card spot at five and four. But let's let's start with the Cardinals quickly. Let's talk. So if you haven't been here for a Tankathon Tuesday segment, I kind of just give a barometer. Teams around the Cardinals that could win more games, lose more games, and I'll do the same with Houston. So the teams that are below the Cardinals, Carolina, the Giants, and New England, those three teams are worse than the Arizona Cardinals. They're probably going to finish one, two, and three. Now we'll see with, with 
Chicago, who is fifth right now, they have three wins because they played Carolina. Um, they'll probably have a worse record than the Cardinals. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Green Bay at three and six, the Rams at three and six, Tennessee at three and six. Like, those are the teams where it's like, are the Cardinals better than them? Green Bay, probably. Rams, probably not. Tennessee, probably not. See what happens with Will Levis. But at this point, the Cardinals are drafting around seven or eight. Okay, so this is the segment, the first segment where we're doing this, where it's like, please, and I tweeted this out at Clancy's Corner, I implore you, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. If the Cardinals win five, six, seven games this year, and I know we're far cry from, but I'm saying, say they win four or five games this year, that's a win. And it's not a consolation prize win. It's a win for a team that's in rebuild with their quarterback who is back. And if they win four or five games, they'll probably have a top seven pick. Look at all of the top draft picks. There were quarterbacks the last handful of seasons. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. How'd that work? One Carson Wentz was on the sidelines when Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. Jared Goff made it to one. He's really making a career resurgence the last couple of years in Detroit. Did it matter, though? Trevor Lawrence. He's one of the best conversations to have. Uh, Tony Wiggins and I, host of Locked on Jaguars, we'll go back and forth a little bit like this. Is it good? Is it worth tanking for? Trevor, like, I, I don't know. He hasn't, like, look, watch him this year. Like, I, my point is, we don't know if Cable, Caleb Williams and Drake May and J.J. McCarthy are going to be good. Caleb Williams probably will be. He'll probably be a star in some capacity. Is he worth, like, very rarely are there those absolutely transcendent quarterbacks? And even more rarely, do they go number one overall? The most recent one didn't in Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow did. We'll see. Josh Allen didn't. We'll see. Justin Herbert didn't. We'll see. Two didn't. We'll see. But – the Cardinals picking at six or seven, there are probably three quarterbacks and Marvin Harrison Jr. that are, are going to go before them. So the Cardinals will have the pick of one of the two best offensive linemen, one of the two best pass rushers, and the best corner, including McKinstry, if they want to go that high, which they won't. They'll draft an offensive lineman at that point. Or they can trade back and get another first-round pick for next year. Like, you'd much rather have a QB one than a top three pick, in my opinion. And the Cardinals seem to. It's only been one game back. We'll see how the rest of the year goes. But so far, so good. Now, with Houston, this is what I'm imploring you to just going into Sundays watching Houston play and the Cardinals play Houston on Sunday, which is hysterical. Houston is five and four. They have the 20th pick right now, but picks 10. Through 20, I'll either have four or five wins. So this is a very, very, very fluid situation. As of now, the Cardinals have equally as good of a chance pretty much to pick ninth and 20th as they do fifth and 14th. So going into Sundays, watching Houston, just enjoy that C.J. Stroud is good. The best part about the NFL 
and young quarterbacks is when they come in and they ball out right away because it makes football more fun. Sure, you can root for them to lose. Have them lose by one point and have CJ Sharp for 400 yards and four touchdowns. It's We're going to see it firsthand on Sunday. I'm so excited to watch Houston Texans. But the Houston Texans, this is the biggest part. Two off-seasons. Two off-seasons. And look at where they are. Sure, they're five and four. Started slow. C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Noah Brown, Damian Pierce, Jalen Petrie. Like, they've got guys. Draft well. Sign the right free agents. Have the right coach. And you could turn things around in two seasons. That's exactly what the Cardinals are targeting to do. I was Clancy Locked on Cardinals. I will talk to you tomorrow.